Good morning, church family. We are glad that you are here with us to spend some time with us today. It's been a privilege to be a part of your family this morning. Uh, Before Dwight comes, uh, listen, I just want to remind you guys that if there are specific needs that you have, please text us uh, the word needs to our text line at 352-358-7770. And also specifically, if you have prayer requests, if you would text us the word prayer to that same text line, 352-358-7770. We want to make sure that we are connected with you and walking alongside of you during this time. Allison did a great job this morning, and uh, we're really looking forward to Dwight coming and sharing with us. Dwight have known each other. We've known each other for 30-plus years. He's a dear friend as well as a mentor, and we're excited to have him here at this time to speak to us. And so, Dwight, won't you come and you share with us today? Thank you, Sid. Sid's somebody that I pray for every day and one of my closest friends. And when he said, can you come talk to us? I went, oh, absolutely. The term that they use is unprecedented. These are unprecedented times. So today I'm going to talk to you about how to move beyond troubling times, something that that I shared with my family several years ago, and they looked at me weird. And and if you don't know me, I'm a counselor. I, I do some writing. And I realized, Sid, I'm a time traveler. And, and, and when I told my family that, my wife just kind of rolled her eyes. But we're all traveling through time. You can make these good times. You can make these bad times. But time doesn't stop. And these unprecedented times for us are not unusual in some parts of the world. So you've heard earlier, you heard the scriptures from Psalms 34. I'm going to share with you some principles of how to feel saved from trouble. So you take a look, there's a big difference between the word faith and the word fear and worry and anxiety. I'm a Christ follower. What does that mean? It means I'm a believer in Jesus. And when I look at things, I want to look through the filter, look through the lens of my faith in Jesus Christ. Now what happens if I'm looking at the news, or if I'm, I'm trying to keep up with what's happening on Google, I'm going to be looking at the things of this world. Listen, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of weakness to feel afraid. It's a sign of human. It's just a sign of being human. Everybody feels afraid. The Bible gives us 365, actually more, different commands, don't be afraid. So it's not a weakness to be afraid. It's just human. But when we focus on fear and worry and anxiety, then it squeezes out the faith part. Now, I don't want to minimize the anxiety piece. You'll see on the screen, anxiety disorders are common. They affect 40 million adults. That's one in five. Now, this is pre-COVID-19. Pre-COVID, it was 20% of the U.S. population. And yet only one in three will either go to counseling or they'll go, they'll read a Max Licato book, they'll do something, talk to their doctor. Only one in three will gain a new life skill. And some people, some people, they they just suffer. And this was pre-COVID. Look at the next piece. Anxiety disorders develop from a complex set of risk factors, brain chemistry, personality, life circumstances, trauma exposure, and more. And I want you to know, when we take a look at the brain, there's just a cutaway. This section of the brain is called the prefrontal cortex. And it's where we do our creative thinking. 
the first thing that we know about God, and we're going to learn some things about God today. What does God look like? There's a great story of a little kid who's just in the middle of all of this homeschool and is just busily drawing and coloring, and the mom knew he was supposed to be working on something else, and she said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And she said, honey, nobody knows what God looks like. And he said, they will in about two minutes when I get finished. I mean, I'm working on it, right? The first thing we know about God, in the beginning, God created. When, when our brains are working properly, this is the creative part, prefrontal, where we make our good decisions. And when you're in that creative zone, when you're in the creative zone, you know something of God's character. Creatives know something of God's character. Now, what happens when we're fearful, scared, worried? That part closes off. That's why in the middle of a difficult time like this, in the worst of times, sometimes you'll see the best in people. But sometimes you'll see the worst in people too. My wife, Sheila, and I were talking about this yesterday. During this very difficult time, you're getting to see the character. You see, things that were there before underneath the surface, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden because of crisis, it's easier to see those things. Pastor Sidney and I go kayaking every year. He likes to take me to places where the alligators are bigger than the kayaks. I think he wants to scare me. And I want you to know, Sid, it works very well. It's like, that one's bigger than my kayak. Oh, he won't hurt you. Yeah, who told him that? I mean, did he get the memo? I'm not sure. But I know this, when you feel terrified, when you feel terrified, part of your brain just closes off. That's not a sign of weakness, just a sign of human. But the worst of times can bring out the best in people. The worst of times can maybe bring out the best in you because here's what happens in the very challenging times, our brain, if I can remember to do a couple of things. One, and you heard it earlier, take a breath. Who knew that Princess Anna would teach us so much about dealing with COVID-19? Genius, I mean, spot on, love that. You know, I'm, I'm, if I didn't love it so much, I would let it go. Okay, sorry, that was cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, every, every, every five-year-old right now, Pastor Sid is going, oh, please, Jesus, let this man stop trying to be like Anna and Elsa. When, when I look at the toughest of times, here's what happens. If you can take a big breath, it's called four-by-four four breathing, four-by-four. Four. Breathe in through the nose, hold four seconds. Breathe out through the mouth, hold four seconds. Breathe in through your nose, hold four seconds. Breathe out from your mouth, hold four seconds. That's called box breathing, it's four by four breathing. Four seconds in, hold, four seconds out, hold. Now here's what happens, if you can get fresh oxygen to your prefrontal cortex, you can think clearly. That's really important. Your brain needs oxygen. Your brain needs hydration. Through a crisis time, it's very easy to forget to drink, to just have hydration. In a crisis, difficult time, it's easy to sometimes forget to take care of you. Breathe, hydration, nutrition, because we're facing some unusual painful times and I guess I hesitate because there's more hard times coming. There's more challenging times coming. Orange County Mayor Jerry Dimming, in the county where I live, Jerry Dimming said that businesses may not open until June 1st. Yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis here in the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis said, no school the rest of this year. 
things may get worse before they get better was a promise. And so let me tell you some of the challenges that people are going to face. Financial problems. Right now, 22 million, 22 million are unemployed. And that's right now. We're only on day 33 since the lockdown began. Relationship problems. If you had a good marriage before COVID-19, your marriage is stronger. I mean, in this lockdown time, you're enjoying time with your best friend. I'm blessed to be in a marriage like that, married to a Proverbs 31 woman. What happens if you're married to somebody that you don't like that much? Maybe your relationship was kind of weak 33 days ago. What happens? Things are pretty rough right now. And I want to challenge in relationship problems. Those could get worse, but look at this grief and loss. What happens to the graduation of the guys and gals from the class of 2020? What happens? There will be no graduation. Grief and loss. Said I talked to a family the first week who lost a son to suicide. He was so terrified about the stock market, so terrified about what was happening with the economy that he said, I, I, I can't do this. I talked to the Orange County coroner last week and found out that suicides are up. I checked with first responders last week from all the main first responder agencies in Central Florida. Domestic violence up, drug addiction up, drug overdose up, Baker Act is up. We're only on day 33. This could go on another 60 days, maybe before a vaccine, a year and a half. So when I look at grief and loss, there's a lot of loss. The normal world that you and I knew, that normal world is gone. When you go back to the American settlers, the, the, the founding fathers, they came to New England, right? They had come from England and they came to New England because it was a new place. They had to learn a whole new way of coping. We're in a whole new world right now. Health problems. We all know and understand the importance of physical distancing. They changed the term a couple of weeks ago. Social distancing creates a pain because humans need each other. And to be able to know, we need to stay connected. Listen, immunity grows in small groups of community. We do better in small groups of community. That's why it's so important to dial in to your home group, to your life group. It's so important to stay connected to people. Physical distance to prevent the spread, to flatten the curve. But health problems, maybe that's the challenge you're facing. Communication problems in your marriage. And what I found is if you can talk through it, you can get through it. And my hope is that a lot of people will start talking about things. Maybe before COVID-19, you knew we needed to talk about this person and, their, and, and the fact that they have an addiction with drugs or pornography. You know, we needed to talk to this person because before COVID-19, this relationship had problems. Our family had problems. The disrespect that you have for your parents is just not healthy. And now we need each other. There's a hashtag that's going around, stronger together. We need each other. But communication problems, is that what you're facing? You're facing major illness like cancer, COVID. What if you have a family member that goes to the hospital? Are they going to die alone because you can't be there with them? And then job problems. If you right now have a job and, and you say, well, I'm thankful I still have a job. 22 million are unemployed. In Central Florida, it's almost half a million. And this will go on for some time. So right now, if you're feeling hopeless and terrified and lost, and you may be saying, Dwight, I was feeling pretty good. You know, it's, it's, and until you started talking, I was feeling kind of encouraged in the worship. And now, you know, it's like somebody said, 
cheer up. Things could get worse. So I cheered up and things got worse. Okay, well, I want you to know, let's move forward because addictions and abuse are real. And so here's what happens. In a difficult time, a time of crisis, human brains, human brains, right? Just as a sample, your brain may be larger. Human brains either want to deny or blame shift. Deny is, this is all going to go back. It's, I'm, going to, I'm going to open my eyes, and it's going to be like a dream. It's going to be like, you know, who shot JR? Some of you are old enough to remember. It was just, the whole season was a dream. Other people are going, what's a JR, right? Deny, blame shift. It's not my fault. It's my partner's fault. Rationalize and minimize. Well, you know, okay, this, cause, and this is the reason why I had to go on Amazon and I had to buy a bass boat because I know that the governor says that I should be out, right? Rationalize, minimizing, avoiding, escaping. You can only play so much Xbox. You can only play so much Animal Crossing. You can only watch so much Netflix. And then, and then after a while, you can't escape it anymore. You can only do so much drugs or porn or online gambling. It won't work. You cannot escape COVID-19. It is here. But then there's another group called hyper-control. Now, this is the Mr. or Mrs. Fix-It, right? You know, they can tell you how to control their life. And you kind of want to say, you know, maybe work on yours a little bit. Because sometimes it feels like a dictator. And so I I brought an example of that. Because to the hyper-controlling people, I dedicate this slide to you. It's dedicated to you from Murphy. Murphy's Law, those of you that are Irish. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong, Murphy said. Right? So the light... At the end of the tunnel is the headlight of an oncoming train, right? Murphy's Law. It's like it's going to get worse. Anything good in life is either illegal, immoral, or fattening. Look at this one, because we're all going to the back of our pantries. Never eat prunes when you're famished. If you don't understand what that means, ask your grandma. She will help you understand. And can they see at the bottom of the slide one one of my favorite tattoo fails? There it is. North, east, south, west. Now, if you've been doing online school, homeschool, you've been doing Zoom, and you don't know your geography, ask an eighth grader. They will help you to see why this is a fail right there. Now, here's the point. You see, worry is constantly, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Worry is a downward spiral towards self-destruction, and self-destruction will take you to dark places. Worship is a spiral up. You see... The direction you are looking determines your perception. If I'm looking down, this is getting worse and worse. Some things will get worse. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Be of good cheer, I overcame the world. Some things will get worse, but if you change the direction and you look up, you'll see that your redemption draws near. It's like a little sign I saw once. It said, to everything, there is a season and every purpose A time for every purpose under heaven, right? King Solomon was a time traveler. There's a purpose for challenging times. James chapter 1 says the testing and the trying of your faith will develop your character. And there's a story I thought would be really appropriate that many people have forgotten. Teddy Roosevelt, president of the United States, one of the most popular presidents the United States has ever had. But what people don't remember is that he was a very sickly child, He had chronic asthma and frequently would go into asthma fits and could not breathe. His lungs would shut down. He could not breathe. His dad was a Presbyterian elder and sometimes would go through the night holding little Teddy Roosevelt and patting him and holding him upright and praying, oh God, that you would heal my son. Maybe you're like that right now. Maybe you're praying for a sick child. Teddy Roosevelt's mom and dad 
He had been very successful in business, so they had the resources. They went to the best doctors in North America and Europe, and they, and, and they couldn't find any relief for him. When he was 13 years old, they found a chiropractor in New York City who had written a book about how you can do certain exercises to build these muscles and to increase lung capacity. 13 years old, he started doing weight training, and weight training built those muscles, and he got his lungs back. The rest of his life, he would always make exercise part of his daily pattern. What I didn't know, because after that, it was like he was a brand new person. Went to college, graduated, met the love of his life. Her name was Alice. They got married after college. She was pregnant. And then his dad died. His dad was his hero. On Valentine's Day in 1889, his wife had just given birth to their baby girl. On Valentine's Day, February 14, his wife died. Four hours later, his mom died. Same day. Dad's gone, wife gone, mom's gone, and I've got this baby girl named Alice who reminds me every second of my wife who was my, my prize, my bride. Today, Today we'd call it a nervous breakdown. Back then, he just quit everything. He said, I can't function. He gave his responsibilities away. He moved out to the badlands of Wyoming, Nebraska, the Dakotas, and for years was just out west. But he would do something interesting. He would journal most days. You can go back and read his journal. And he did something that he had stopped doing when he got to college, like a lot of people. He opened the Bible back up, and he started journaling and writing, and listen, he started healing. He started healing. Here's what it looks like. If you can see the slide, you'll see that during a time of crisis, pain squeezes everything. You can't even think about living anymore. All you can see is the pain of the crisis. But sit in the middle of the crisis, sometimes it's easier to find Christ. Here's the psychological principle that will help us taken right out of scripture. Face it, feel it, grieve it, grow. I have to face what's happening. It's hard. It's the opposite of denying it. I have to face it. Sometimes I have to face the financial hardship, the difficulty. I have to face my own shortcoming. I have to feel those emotions. And then I have to grieve what I lost. And then I have to grow. There's a coin that I keep in my pocket of a 12-step group that I'm part of. And whenever we meet, it's a group of leaders. I'll say, hi, my name is Dwight, and I'm a sinner. And those that don't know me will go, really? Those that do know me go, duh. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say I'm a sinner, Dwight. Already knew that one, buddy. Already got that one down. But every time I reach in my pocket and I see that coin, it reminds me. It reminds me that I don't have to stay a sinner because of Jesus. Face it, feel it, grieve it. Oh, God, I messed up. Grow. You don't have to stay stuck. You can grow and you can move forward, but I don't think you can do that on any level if you don't go to the spiritual level. So let's take a look at this. What to do? Turn to Psalms. One of the most popular songs when I was growing up, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Thomas Chisholm. Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. 
And when I think about great is thy faithfulness, God is faithful. Remember, we're talking about how to build faith in these difficult times, how to be able to grow in our faith and move past trouble. And to be able to do that, you heard earlier from Psalms 34, but let's look at some things. And because my wife is an incredible teacher, uh, I mean, just amazingly gifted, I will tell you that I want you to pay attention. We'll make this an English grammar lesson. Pay attention to the verbs because it's easy to say, I want Jesus to do things for me, but I don't want to do things. It's not how it works. I want you to pay attention to the verbs. I will praise the Lord at all times, right? I'm praising. I'm doing something. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Do you see the action that's involved? It's not just waiting on God. It's me saying, oh, God, I thank you for your goodness. I prayed, there's a verb, to the Lord, and he answered me. And he freed me from all my fears. Un mas tiempo. One more time. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. You're not stuck in the shame of the past. Jesus Christ can and will forgive you. You have to ask. When I take a look at this, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. And he saved me from all of my troubles. When I look at this, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste. See the action verb? Taste and see the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Do you want to live a life that is good? And long and prosperous, I think right now with COVID-19, most people say, yeah, I want a good life. Here's the formula. Keep your tongue from speaking evil. Take your tongue. I don't know if you can see that, but if you take your tongue and you put it between your teeth, put your tongue between your teeth, you won't say stupid things to your family that you'll have to ask them to forgive you for. Because right now during COVID-19, my guess is, Pastor Sid, that there are some people who've said some things that their kids will always remember. And they said it because they were tired or wounded or scared. I understand why they said it. But their kids will always remember, my dad called me that. And they'll be in therapy 10 years from now because you said something in haste. Stop it now. Stop. Because I didn't mean to say it. I know. Breathe. We teach little kids when they catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll. Let me give you a new one. Stop. Breathe four by four like a Navy SEAL. Navy SEALs, I know in Call of Duty, you get unlimited ammunition and you can just kill, right, all the communists. But in real life, Navy SEALs carry about 100 rounds of ammunition. That's it. You do not go into Beirut and start firing the place up because you'll get all of the bad guys on top of your head. You're very cautious with your use of a round of ammunition. Navy SEALs have to calm their heart rate to around 60 beats a minute in their battlefield conditions. And they teach them box breathing, four by four. All right, so if you don't want to say things to hurt your family, breathe. Stop. Breathe. And then I want you to think. Instead of stop, drop, roll, stop, breathe, think. Think about what? <laughs> Prince Zana gives us the answer, the next right thing. NRT. I was sitting there thinking, ah, NRT. I've got a new slogan, NRT. You know, hashtag Princess Hannah, you know, <laughs> or Anna. Hashtag 
Anna knows it all, right? I mean, she is the smart sister. The other one, you know, but it's, everybody has a sister like that. You know, she, oh, she's the powerful one. She's the queen. I'm just back here. But we all know who's writing the info, giving to the other sister. We know how this rolls. Stop. Breathe. Think. Think, what could you do in your faith? Think, what could I do to make this better, not worse? Think, what could I say? I have to just breathe. And the brain that God gave you, the creative part of the brain that God gave you, will start to work. Keep your tongue from evil. Stop saying things to hurt the people in your family. It's not making your situation better. Keep your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and simply do good. NRT, next right thing. Just do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Make your home a peaceful place. We may be sheltering at home for a long time. Search for peace. Make it peaceful. Now, here's what's really cool. I said, you learn something about God? The first thing we know about God, in the beginning, God created. And he created out of chaos. And he created out of darkness. And he created. But look at this. Now we can see something about God. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open for their cries for help. What is God looking at? He's looking at you. If you're living righteous and well. What is God listening? He's listening for you to be able to cry out. But watch, the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. He hears. God hears. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person will face many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. It didn't say you won't have trouble it didn't say you won't have trouble. It says that God will come to the rescue. Jesus said in the world you'll have trouble. Right? To be a Christ follower does not mean that you'll be in a situation and you will never have a problem. It means, it means you'll have a new view. Look at the slide. It means that instead of pain and problems and trials and COVID crushing you, it means you start to grow again. Life will go on. Life will go on after COVID-19. Just like life went on after the Great Depression, World War II, just like life went on after the terrorist attacks, just like life went on after I lost my hair. You know, Sid, it's one of the things. You kept your hair. I'm thinking that's hair club for men. I don't know because I'm, I miss my hair. When people say, if you could wish for one thing, I know. It's shallow. It's superficial. Don't get me a wig. Do not send me toupees. I've got some really cool ones people have sent as a joke. Not funny. Not funny. Right? When I think about moving forward, life will go on. My hair won't go on, but life will go on. Our life will go on after COVID-19. Years from now, we'll say, look at how we all came together. We were stronger together. Look at how the Heritage family said, we're going to bless in Lake County. Oh, yeah, remember the guy we talked about? Teddy Roosevelt? He came back after two and a half years, two and a half years of healing, and he said, I'm going to spend my life, I'm going to spend my life serving other people. I lost my dad, my mom, I lost my wife. I gave up everything. I just ran away from it. I couldn't cope. And I learned that God was real. Teddy Roosevelt challenged each of his children because he would go on, remarry, have another family. And he always challenged them every Sunday, you will be in church with your dad. He came back to serve, and one of the things that he did, 
He set up a national park system. You see, I get emotional because a couple years ago, my dad went through some challenging times, and, and, and my sister, who's amazing, my mom, they were caring for him, and, and I saw how tired they were, and I said, hey, I'll help with dad. And so every Sunday for years, Sunday afternoon, dad and I go to parks. I call them ice cream adventures with dad. And for four weeks now, I have to look at the pictures of ice cream adventures with dad. But dad, I think you're watching. We'll go on more ice cream adventures. Life will go on. Yeah, but it hurts. I know. Press on. I don't like this. Me neither. Press on. COVID-19 did not catch God by surprise. And Teddy Roosevelt set up a national park system. And we have incredible national parks and state parks. And the saddest thing I can tell you about Ice Cream Adventures with Dad, because I'm going to do that again. I mean, Trish, Dad, you and I, Mom, we're going to Wikiwachi Springs because my sister always wanted to be one of those mermaids. And somehow she got gypped. I don't know what happened. But we're going to go to Wikiwachi Springs next up in our batting queue. Almost always those national parks, those state parks that Dad and I go to, almost always they're empty. There's nobody there. But since COVID, families get back together. A year ago, the number one thing American families wanted was more time. Now you have more time. When people say, if I had more time, I could get things done. Okay, you have more time. Are you getting things done? Because maybe time wasn't your problem. Maybe discipline was the problem. There's an exercise I love to give people. Timelines show God's faithfulness. If you want to sit down and count the blessings in your life since you started this journey, count the blessings and then count the problems. And what you're going to find, the blessings outweigh the problems for the Christ follower. Don't get focused on, oh, no. Get focused on, wow. Bottom line, here's the principles. Here's our takeaways. God allows difficulties into the life of believers. Everybody faces hardship and trouble. You got problems, I got problems. All God's children got problems. That's just part of life. Complaining or whining does not solve the situation. I know some of you are sitting at home right now and you're on the living room couch. And when I said complaining and whining doesn't solve, some of you did this one. Okay, I can't see you, but I know you're doing it right now. Because everybody has somebody in their family who's a complainer and a whiner. Saturday Night Live used to have a sketch about the complaining, whining family. And they would just whine and drive people crazy. They must have been prophetic because everybody has one. Stop it. It's not, whining does not make the situation better. It just burns up energy that you need. Stuffing emotions of anxiety or anger does not improve the situation. You stuff those feelings inside, you're either going to blow up or blow in. Blow up means you're going to go off on the people you say you love. Blow in is self-destructive. And there really are people that are hurting themselves. And I want to give you hope. You don't have to use drugs or porn or alcohol. You don't have to try to escape with cutting you don't have to be suicidal right now. You do have to ask for help. You do have to reach out. Bottom line, changing you is how to improve the situation. John Gordon is a speaker in Jacksonville. He came up with a great little graphic. And instead of focusing on COVID, he said, watch this. Focus on change and growth. Here's when people change. Because you're either going to come out of COVID stronger, you're going to come out of lockdown learning new skills, or you're going to come out of lockdown stressed and tired. Right? People change when they hurt enough that they have to, when they learn enough that they want to, when they've grown enough, they have the capacity to share with other people. It's all about the direction you're looking. 
when I was a student, when I was a student at Liberty University, I went through times where I had no money, no food. I learned to fast and pray because that was the option. Because I didn't understand, well, I could just quit. Yeah, my family didn't teach me that one. And I knew that God had me there because I wanted to be a Christian counselor to come back to Central Florida and to be able to help bring hope. Central Florida is my mission field. You're my mission field. And in the hardest of times, there was a singer for the old-time gospel hour named Robbie Heiner. And he would sing this, and I would, and I would sing it along, and I would cry. When no one cared about me, if I should live or die, and no one bothered asking why I'd go alone to cry. And I'd turn to see who was coming to join me in the way, and I'd see that it's my Savior, and I'd hear him gently say, lean on me when you have no strength to stand. When you feel like you're going under, hold tighter to my hand. Lean on me when your heart begins to bleed. For when you come to the place where I'm all you have, you'll find I'm all you need. you got to lean on me. COVID-19 will end one day, and you'll come out of it stronger or stressed. But listen, if you'll remember one principle from our time together today, if you will cry out to God, he will hear you. If you will cry out for help, he will be there. Because if you don't cry out, you'll act out in a way that will make your situation worse. Cry out instead of act out. That's the message of Psalm 34, the most quoted psalm in the New Testament, Psalms 34. They lived in slavery, hardship. They were under occupation of a foreign government. So many of them had nothing, eight out of 10, living with bare bone minimum. And the most quoted psalm was this one. Because they knew, I don't have things, but God, I have you. Cry out is what they did. Cry out is what you and I can do. We can cry out, and we will find God. God is there every single time. I want to pray, and Pastor Sid's going to come and close us out. Father God, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the Heritage family. Thank you that because of wise stewardship, this church was able to manage resources and now can bless others. Thank you that families that maybe knew about this church are now learning. They're learning about the faith that drives us. We're not doing it for any other reason but for Jesus. So, Father God, help us to cry out to you with our fears, our doubts, our worries, our insecurities. In the middle of the trouble, Lord God, may our faith grow stronger. In the crisis, I pray that we would see Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Sid. time is this. You know, I want to remind you there were several things that he said were really key. One of those things was face it, feel it, grieve it, and grow. This is not just a time to, to find rest, but this is also a time to find growth. I'm reminded of the passage of Scripture in the Old Testament in David's psalm when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you're with me. And uh, you know, there's a lot of different fears that are, that are being expressed at this time, times of anxiety, hopelessness, fear, uncertainty. I uh, was 
with my daughter not long ago, and I think I've shared this in several environments, but I asked the youngest, I said, I said, Anna, I said, is there anything, baby, that you're afraid of right now or anything that you, you're anxious about? And she said, no, 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 I'm not. And I said, there's nothing? And she said, no. And I said, well, baby, there's, all this stuff is going on, so you're not concerned about anything? No. Well, why is that? And she said, because, Daddy, I know you'll handle it. You'll take care of it. You'll take care of us. And I thought out of, out of her understanding was a great truth for, for all of us that are believers and followers of Christ. That as difficult as things may be, and as you spend all your time watching the news, which you just need to get off of that, um, as difficult and as uncertain as things may be, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, you can find rest and peace because our daddy has got things under control. We can trust him. There may be some of you, though, today that, that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe you're a religious person. Maybe you're a person that's found yourself in church for many years, but you've never, never um, made a decision to follow and trust Jesus. You don't know him. You know about him. You know about him because you've heard somebody talk about him, but you don't know him personally. Today, you have the ability to make the most important decision of your life, to choose to trust Christ and what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, to trust him and his finished work, to recognize that our salvation isn't based on our goodness, but it's based on his greatness, on his sacrifice that he gave. And right there where you are, you have the ability to pray and ask the Lord to forgive you, to confess your sin, to choose to place your faith in him, to ask him to be Lord of your life. And... If that's where you are today, you have the ability to do that right where you are. I don't have to lead you in a prayer. You can just express that right there in the simplicity of your home, bowing your head and asking the Lord to save you. And if that's you, we would love to be able to know um, that so that we can walk alongside of you. Uh, I'm not telling you that making a decision to follow Jesus is going to relieve all the pain and the stress, but what it does is it says, Jesus, I'm trusting you in this, and because you're my daddy, I know that I don't have to worry anymore because you got this. But if that's you making that decision, would you just text us today to our text line, the word decision, and text it, that word decision, to 352-358-7770. Dwight again, man, thank you for coming. If you're interested and maybe you need to, to talk to somebody at a professional level, you can look up Dwight's um, counseling, LifeWorks Counseling out of Orlando. He is there. Um, I've spent a lot of time with this man, love him dearly. We have a lot of friends that have utilized him and his wisdom over the years, and he's a man that can be trusted. But today I'd love to close our time out in prayer. Father, what a blessing it is for us to gather as the body of Christ, recognizing that in this time that we are socially distanced, we are not relationally distanced, nor are we spiritually distanced. Would you encourage us today? Would you allow us the opportunity to find rest in you? Just as Hannah said, Dad, I know you got this thing covered. Jesus, I know you got this thing covered, so I'm not worried. For those of us that are followers of Christ, may we continue to place our faith and fix our eyes on you. And just as Allison had said earlier, may we not try to focus on what's two and three and maybe four or five months away. Maybe just, maybe just what's tomorrow. Maybe what it's even in the next three or four hours. Help us to take those little baby steps 
Father, for uh, the ability that we have to impact our community and our world for you, may we be found faithful. Father, I'm asking today that you would bless us with your grace and mercy. May we extend that to those that we come in contact with. May we live out a heritage of faith as we are your ambassadors. May we remember that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as we close, I ask you, as I have passed the past several weeks, who are your three? Who are the three people that you are walking alongside of, that you're keeping up with, that you're contacting with, that you're staying in touch with, so that not only they can be encouraged, but you can be encouraged as well. God bless, and you have a great, great week.